0: Up next, a message from Victory Life Church of Milton. I am pretty stoked to have all you guys here, and it's an honor to be able to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior together. Amen? Amen. Matthew 1 and verse 18. So, last week we started talking about humility. We started this little study called Humility in Action. Um, We want to be that sold-out, faithful servant of the Most High God right? We want to be there for our brother and sister. We want to be there for those in our sphere of influence. We want to align our will up with the Lord's will. Amen? No more selfish living, right? The Lord Jesus wants us to step out of our comfort zone. Are y'all with me? Okay, so as you're turning, you don't have to turn. We have it on the monitor, but... um, Keep bringing your Bibles. I love to hear that sound of those pages turning, guys. You need to stay in your Bible study. Keep bringing them. But if you don't want to turn, because sometimes we do get kind of fast, feel free to follow along with the monitor. But I want to read something out of the Gospels real fast. It's in Mark. It's also in the Old Testament. It's all through the Gospels. But this is what the Lord expects of His church. It's what God expects of His people. Amen? And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. So the Lord Jesus Christ wants us to be that sold-out individual, right? Uh, uh, In other words, we can say to have a Christ-centered life. My thoughts are going to be godly thoughts. My actions are going to be godly actions. Amen? And the second is like this. This is what we have here is the two greatest commandments. Okay? And the second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So this is what God expects of us, to be that sold out individual, to love the Lord God with everything that we are and be there for others, to love others. Amen. And we all know that we we love ourselves, don't we? Well, the Lord Jesus says that we need to love others just like we love ourselves. Be concerned about others just like you're concerned about yourself. Uh, Let me ask you this. Do you make sure you eat every day? Sure enough, do. Sure enough, do. But have we, are we losing any sleep about our neighbors? Are we, are, we, are we praying for them? Are we interceding for them? Because the Lord Jesus says, Hey, I want you to be concerned about them just like yourself. Are you all with me? Okay. We've got to step out of that comfort zone. Matthew 1 and verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way when His mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph... Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Okay, so this betrothal process, the husband would go away and he would begin to prepare a dwelling for his wife. He'd go get his ducks in a row and get everything ready for that time when he was going to go pick up his mate. And there was going to be this huge celebration when they came together. So think about Joseph. He had some goals. He had some dreams. Um, He loved this young lady. And he had to think, as he's preparing his home, he had to be thinking about how his life's going to be with this young lady and how, how he's going to work hard and bring home the bacon and she's going to fry it up in a pan. Right? How, how uh, he's going to go out and make a living and she'll have the meals prepared for him. And You know how guys think and women think when, when they're about to get married, you know? Joseph had to be pretty fired up about this situation. You know, I'm about to get married to Mary, man. She's so pretty. And then he gets this news, man, and his world had to be turned upside down. Think about it. He had all this stuff riding on marrying this young girl. And then he finds out that she's with child and it ain't his. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. Okay, so the Lord just asked Joseph to step out of his comfort zone. I know you got these plans, Joseph. I know there's some things that you would like to see accomplished in your life, but I I want, I want to, I want to use you for something special. Amen. I'm asking you to step out of your comfort zone. Amen? And this is bigger than you. This is bigger than your dreams. This is my will for your life. Amen? So, But but what does the angel say? Now listen up, because the Lord, this is important, as Christians, as servants of the Most High God, He's going to ask us all to step somewhat out of our comfort zone, to do things that we might think are convenient, things that uh, um, might we might not even feel like doing them. You see what I'm saying? We might be just too busy, but the Lord might say, hey, hey, I need you to go talk to this person. Lord ever done anything like that to you? Where you wouldn't get any peace about a situation until you just went back and did it? He's done it to me. Okay, but listen. The Lord's going to ask us all to step out of our comfort zone. But He has peace for us. You see what I'm saying? Look, what did the angel say? But as He considered these things, behold an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Do not fear. i got a big job for you to do. I know it's blowing your mind right now with that last sentence. Okay, it's not the dude down the street. It's not a Roman soldier. But this is the Son of God. You see what I'm saying? This is really so much larger than you could ever imagine. But don't freak out Don't fear, okay, but trust in me, Amen. Listen, Emmanuel, God is with me. Woo hoo! Somebody slapped. No, somebody just raised their hand. Let's get excited this morning. God's going to ask us to do some stuff, okay? He wants us to be that sold out, humble, obedient servant where I'm going to put others before my own selfish desires, going to put others before myself. And He says, hey, don't stress out. Don't freak out, okay? I got peace for you. I'm going to be with you. Amen? Amen? Woo, dog. That's right, Steve. Get riled up and I'll zip through these notes, man. I'm playing. I heard that. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, this is a doozy right here. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Can I get an Amen. For He will save His people from their sins. So like we talked about last week, the name Jesus, this name was a common name for Hebrew kids. This was a fairly common name and it means Yahweh saves. Now this name would be given so this would be like an encouragement to to the Hebrews as they were going through the many struggles that they went through. Okay, now listen. I know that we're under Roman occupation. But Yahweh saves. I know there's a Deliverer coming. So when you would hear that name, when you would see that name, that would be like that encouraging. Hey, God's got a plan for Israel. God's got a plan for me. Okay, but Jesus Christ came to do something way more important than kicking the Romans out of town. You see what I'm saying? He came to set the captives free. He came to save us from our sins. Amen? You see how important that is, beloved? For real, for real. Just let it sink in real fast. I've been digging into this for a while now. And just let it stir something up in you this morning. That I was a filthy, nasty, rotten sinner. And maybe you guys were too. Living completely for myself. Doing what I want to do. Didn't care if it hurt anybody or not. But you know what? All the things that I did, Jesus Christ paid for. So I'm never going to know what hell feels like. My tiny little pinky toe will never feel what hell's torment feels like. Not for one millisecond will I feel what hell feels like because Jesus Christ paid for my sins on Calvary's cross. Amen? Amen. So let's get excited about that. Amen. Look at the bottom of the monitor there, 1 Corinthians 8. Actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to read 2 Corinthians 8. And it goes a little like this. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. Listen up. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sake He became poor. How about them apples? How about that? All the privileges of heaven... Everything He had, He gave that up. He set that aside to be born in a manger. Amen? Yet for your sake, for my sake, He said, I'm stepping off of heaven's throne to walk in the muck, the mire of the filthy, sinful world that we all live in, to be tempted just like me or you. You guys realize that? He was tempted just like anybody else. But He never gave into it. He was that sinless, spotless lamb. And he did all that so that we could be saved. And listen, church, if this is the only thing that he ever did for us, but he he gives us so much more than our salvation, amen. Okay, listen up. He does so much more. But if that is all he ever did is die for my sins so that I can be saved, then he still deserves my praise for all eternity. He still deserves my obedience. Amen. You see what I'm saying this morning? Thank you, Father God. Philippians 2 and verse 5. Start there. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Follow the template that Jesus Christ has set for us. Take a meander through the Gospels and see how Jesus Christ set that perfect example. Amen. How He taught us how to live. How He taught us how to turn the other cheek. How... He showed us that way. Amen? But also, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Verse 6, Who though He was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. That blows my mind right there. He wasn't working to be God. He wasn't stretching, reaching, doing everything He could, coming down to earth for 30 some odd years so eventually He could obtain Godhood. You see what I'm saying? He wasn't no fake deity. He is God. He was God. And being God, he saw the biggest need. He saw us. There's a sin problem down there. And I love these people and I want to do something about it. You see what I'm saying? So he stepped down and died on that cross. Amen. Who thought he was in the form, uh, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Verse 7, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant. Okay, so, if my Lord and Savior took on the form of a servant, then don't you think we need to take on the form of a servant as well? Don't you think that we should be able to go that extra mile? Amen? Even when we don't feel like it, even when we're dog tired, even when there's just not enough minutes in the day, but we know that the Lord wants us to do this, but we're trying so hard. You ever done this? You know the Lord wants you to do something. You know you're supposed to be in the good book, maybe some Bible study, or maybe you need to make that call of encouragement. You know, and the Holy Spirit is saying, hey man, do this, won't you do this? And you're like trying to turn it out, tune it out. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. We don't want to be like that, do we? But made Himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Verse 8, and being found in human form, He humbled Himself. That's what we're talking about, man. Humility in action. Humbling ourselves. Amen? Humbling myself. Getting involved. Putting others before me. Because I know this is what the Lord wants me to do. And being found in human form, He humbled Himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. You know, and we we hit on this. We've touched on this a lot, man. That wasn't no good way to go out, man. You guys understand that? Hours and hours of agonizing on that cross, excruciating pain, most degrading and humiliating way to die. Thank you, Lord God. So this is what Jesus Christ did for me. Now let's see what he asks of us. Matthew 20 and verse 25. "You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. So the ungodly, the unchurch, the unsaved, the pagan, that's their philosophy, that's their world. We're not part of that economy where it's me first. You're here for me. Amen? That's, that's how the unbeliever lives and they're just following their master. Amen? We don't subscribe to that selfish mentality. You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. Verse 26. This is, this is where the rubber meets the road right here. It shall not be so among you You have to live here, but this ain't your home. You're here to set a godly example. You see what I'm saying? We are here. He saved me. He created me. He formed me. And He called me. And He wants us to be about our Father's business. Amen? It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Verse twenty-eight. Even as the Son of Man, listen to this, this is our forever example, even as the Son of Man came not to be served. Think about it, when we, when we see Jesus in the Gospels, He wasn't like, Peter, go get me a burger meal right now. He sets that godly example for us to follow, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. So not only did the Lord Jesus set this example for us and show us how to live, but He died for my sins. Amen? And He says, you know what? Now, you saw what I did. You have this good book. Now follow these teachings. Amen? Humble yourselves. You know what? Put others first, and you know what? I will exalt you. I'll put you to that place I want you to be. Amen? Luke 2. Luke 2 and verse 7. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Now, I got to be honest with you. I got to be real, with you? I can totally be guilty of being like that innkeeper guy. Now, think about what I just said. Take away... Okay, so the innkeeper didn't know, obviously didn't know that Mary had the Messiah in her womb. Okay? But see, this, this big census thing that was going on, this was great for the innkeeper, man. All these people flooding into Bethlehem. This sleepy little town, all of a sudden it's alive. All these people got to rush back to Bethlehem for the census. All his, all, all his rooms, man, they're all booked up, man. People everywhere, he can't move without tripping over people. And here comes Mary and Joseph, this innkeeper guy, this lady's having a baby, man, doesn't try and scooch anybody over or nothing like that. And you know what? This innkeeper guy, he had to have a place where he was gonna lay his head. You know what I mean? I mean, think about it. This lady pulls up, and she's having a baby. And he's like, "Well, mmm, ain't nothing I can do for you. I got this barn out back. Why don't you go to the barn?" Sometimes we can be like that. I've definitely been like that. Lord Jesus, I want to be there for my brother and sister, but I don't have the time right now. You know, you see what I'm saying this morning? I'm just too busy. Certainly we get like that this time of year, right? Man, I want to come to Christmas service, but I really got to wrap these presents. I really got to do this, this, and this. So I've definitely been like that innkeeper sometimes. I've definitely been there. What I'm trying to say is sometimes we give the Lord our leftovers. What's convenient for me? You see what I'm saying? Well, this works for me. This is all I can do right now. Amen? We can't be like that innkeeper. We need to be like those wise men who went on this perilous, long, treacherous journey said, I just want to go and worship the Lord. I just want to go and, and give glory to the Lord. Amen. No matter what it takes, no matter what it costs, I'm going there. Amen. Are you all with me this morning? Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Let's look at John 13, man. We want to be that servant. We don't want to give Jesus the leftovers. We need to be that servant even when it's not convenient for us. Even maybe when that person may not deserve it in the natural You know what I'm talking about? Even when you're tired, wore out, but you know the Lord wants you to do this. John 13 and verse 1. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, think about that. This is the Last Supper. And Jesus knows, He knows that, man, this is, this, is, this is game time right here, man. I am not going to be here much longer. Dude, think about it like this, man. He still is about to wash all their feet, man. Instead of backing off, going into a room, shutting the door, saying, you know what, guys? I showed you how to live. I've given you all these examples. But I just need some alone time right now, man. There's a lot on my mind right now. He doesn't do that. He rolls up his sleeve. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. You see that right there? Knowing all this was about to happen knowing that he was going to have to pay for the sins of all humanity, knowing that this excruciating pain was just right around the corner, knowing that one of his friends was about to betray him, knowing that the guy who was going to sell him out is right there in the room with him, he doesn't stop serving. He doesn't stop serving. He doesn't say, I'm out. I'm out. i got to go. But he continues to lead. He continues to serve. Amen? Y'all with me? Verse 2, during supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Well, let's talk about this. How could Jesus serve with all this pressure? How could Jesus serve? How could he continue to love? Okay, we're talking about stepping out of our comfort zone, right? We're talking about humbling ourselves and being there. And doing those things that sometimes we don't want to do, but we know the Lord wants us to do it. Amen? Putting others first. Aligning my will up with the Lord's will, just like Joseph, right? Joseph didn't sign up to be the stepdad of the creator of the universe, but he did it anyways, didn't he? Just like little Mary. I'm your servant. Here I am. I don't understand how this is going to work, but I'm here for you. Verse 3, Jesus, this is how he could serve. This is how he could continue to serve, knowing that there is a guy in that room who is going to sell him out for a few bucks. A person who he loves. Jesus knowing that the Father, listen, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands. You hear that? Listen, listen. Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands. Jesus knew the authority that he had. He knew who he was. Let me say it like this. I can be that servant. I can humble myself and be there for somebody and do what the Lord's called me to do because I know who I am. I know who I am. Just like Jesus, he knew who he was. Okay, you're nine to five. That's not who you are. That might be what you do sometimes. You see what I'm saying? But we are children of the Most High God. We're in His family. We are servants of the Most High God. You see what I'm saying? He created me. He saved me. And He wants to use me, even when it's not convenient for you. Joseph had those plans for him and little Mary. But God said, hey, hey, we're sticking with plan A. But I need to let you on on some information here. Amen? You see what I'm saying? Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into His hands. Now listen to this. I know who I am, so I can serve when it's not comfortable. I can serve when it's not appreciated. Thank you so much to everybody who does everything around here. I am blown away by the sacrifices that everybody makes around here. People coming after work, after working all day, and working on that building, and really stepping it up this week so we could all eat over there, and everybody pouring out and working so hard. And we're a thankful church, and we, we appreciate everything, but maybe we don't say it enough, you know? And I'm telling you thank you right now. But you know what? Whether or not, and this is true, whether or not you get the thank yous, and I know that that's not why you do it. You don't do it for the thank yous. But as we go out and we serve, whether or not anybody ever says thank you, or everyone says, hey, I see what you're doing, whether you get an attaboy or a pat on the back or anything like that, Jesus sees what you're doing, and He's gonna. We're His servant. We're doing our reasonable duty, amen. So when we get frustrated and we and we get like, man, I don't know, man, I don't know. We're doing what we've been called to do, and if you don't feel like doing it, but you know you're supposed to do it. Remember this: He died for you. He was born for you. He lived for you, amen. He showed us the way to go. Our sins are forgiven, amen. So He says, hey. Follow this example, man. Follow this example. Be there for your brother and sister in Christ. Be there for the dude that you don't even like at work. You know what I mean? Show them what it's like to be a Christian. Show them what happens when a Christian gets a flat tire. Show them what it's like when someone attacks you. Show, you know what I mean? In your home, wherever you're at, let's set that godly example. And it's hard sometimes, ain't it? Can I get a witness? Amen. Amen. It is. It's totally hard. He knew who he was. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into His hands, now listen to this, and that He had come from God and was going back to God. He knew who He was. I know that I'm a servant of the Most High God. And I know where I've been. Listen to me. And that He had come from God and was going back to God. He knew that He stepped off Heaven's throne and He knew He had to go through this pain Then He was going to sit where he is supposed to sit. And this was a needful thing, but in my life, let me look at my life. I know where I was. You see what I'm saying? I know where I was. I know what I got delivered from. Anybody else? Anybody else? I know where I come from, man. I was filthy, rotten, nasty. I know my mama don't believe it, but I was. I was. I don't deserve his grace. I don't deserve his mercy. But he loves us so much. He humbled himself, man. Born in a barn. Wise men, the wise men following a the star. They didn't know where Jesus was. They found that star. Went to Jerusalem, palace, temple, all the big fancy stuffs there. He wasn't there, man. Oh look, the stars over Bethlehem in a barn, man. Our Savior was born in a barn, and that he had come from God. And was going back to God. So I know where I come from. I know what I've been delivered from, Sister Rita. But also I can get excited and I can serve when I don't feel like it, when it's not convenient for me, because I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going. It doesn't matter if like, man, that was the best message you've ever preached, man. That was awesome. And I appreciate your honesty. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. It's not it's not about that, man. I know where I'm going, man. I need to do my reasonable service. I need to do what He's called me to do. Amen? Be about my Father's business. Because you know what? I know what I've been delivered from. I know who I am and I know where I'm going. Okay, when this tired heart takes its last beat, you know what? I know you all will think, well, my life will never be the same and all that. And how will I move on? But don't cry for me. Don't cry for me, Argentina. Because <laughs> I know where I'm going, man. And the more loved ones I get over there, the more loved ones I get over there, more fired up I get about it, man. I can't wait to see my dad. I mean, I can kind of wait. <laughs> I don't know. I miss him a lot, especially this time of year. I miss him, I miss him real bad. But you know what, man? He's just getting settled in four years he's just like it's pretty cool it's awesome he's just there ain't no time up there man god is good jesus knowing that the father had given all things into his hands listen to that guys i'm a servant of the most high god i know who i am and that he had come from god and was going back to god i know what i've been saved from and i know where i'm going amen Thank you, Jesus. John 13 and verse 4, uh, carrying on right where we left off. This is what Jesus did. Now, listen, man, listen, listen, listen. That worldly economy, that worldly way of thinking is, it's all about me. It's all about me. Me first. You know what I'm saying? The The disciples, you know what the disciples were doing at the Last Supper? You, you can see bits and pieces of the Last Supper in all four of the Gospels. But check this out. The disciples are fighting about who is the greatest. Who's the best? I'm pretty. I'm the best. You know, all this stuff. You're not the best. I wish you'd stop saying that. I'm the best. Jesus, who's the best? Don't, hey, don't worry. Jesus, I'm the best. I know Jesus. John, scoot over. I'm sitting next to Jesus. I'm the best. I'm his favorite. I'm the best. This is what these guys were doing, man. Jesus had done set this example for three years now. You see what I'm saying? So what does Jesus do, man? Well, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Okay, so the bottom of the barrel servant would be that feet washer. Okay, so when it was eating time, when you come into a dwelling... When you come over to somebody's house, hopefully they're going to have somebody that would wash your feet. Because there wasn't no road. I mean, there was roads. But there wasn't no concrete roads, nothing like that. And it was, it was dusty, right? So, guess what? They wore sandals. So their feet was nasty. And they smelled bad. And you know, you know how... Remember that kid in school that was like on the other side of the... Never mind. <laughs> He was on the other side of the room, but you could smell his shoes. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. Listen, man. Their tables were like, they were loaded to the ground. And they sat crisscross applesauce, man. They, they sat down on the ground real close to each other. So, look. Here, here's Peter's feet next to John's feet. And, and you know, everybody's nasty's feet's right there. And they're sitting around arguing about, hey, I'm best. I'm the best disciple there is. Jesus really knew what He was doing when He picked me out, man. Woo! Woo-hoo-hoo! Jesus stands up. Man, they ain't getting it. So He begins to wash their feet, man. Then He poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around Him. Now let's jump down to verse uh, 14. Jump down to verse 14. Now this is crazy, man. But we know, I mean, if you look at the text, if you look at the text, man, and you do your own research, Judas was right there. He was right there. And Jesus knew all about it. Jesus knew he'd been skimming money the whole time, man. And that he was about to get sold out. So not only did he watch old impulse of Peter's feet, all these other guys' feet, but he washes Judas's feet too, man. And he's about to say, this is an example that we're supposed to follow. Ain't that something? Even when it's not convenient. Even when they don't deserve it in the natural, because you don't deserve the blessings the Lord has given you. I don't deserve the blessings that the Lord has given me. Amen? Listen to what he says in verse 14. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash my feet now. Get in line. That's not in there? Oh, it's not. It's, that's not in there. If I then... Who would have been mad? At, never mind. Never It mind. doesn't matter. Because I know if Jesus was in here, we'd be fighting to get down there. Right? I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet. You also ought to wash one another's feet. Here's the template to follow. Here's the example to live by. Stop this bickering and arguing about who is the greatest, who's the best. Not about that. It's about the king. It's about being that servant. It's about humbling yourself. You see what I'm saying? Humbling myself, putting others before me. Amen. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. That's what God wants us to do to love our neighbor as ourselves. And that's under the assumption that we love ourselves. I don't think anybody in here has that problem. We don't have that problem, do we? No, we don't. But we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. Truly, truly, I say to you a servant is not greater than his master. Think about that. My master was born in that barn we keep talking about, not in the palace. Didn't just appear 29 years old. Didn't just appear in the flesh at 30. Hey, let's uh, turn some water into wine. Let's get at it. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> the creator of the universe was born of a virgin. God. It's crazy, man. God put His human care, put His care into the hands of this little girl and this man Joseph. Doesn't that just blow your mind? So God will ask us to do some big things sometimes. He'll expe- he doesn't just ask. He expects us to do some things that we wouldn't naturally do. Hey, that's way far out of my comfort zone, bro. You know what I mean? God's, God's not concerned with comfort zone Christianity. You know what I mean? <laughs> Think about that. Being, being Joseph and holding baby Jesus. It's like, ooh, I hope I don't drop baby Jesus. Yeah. You know what I mean? Watch, back up. Baby Jesus. This is God, the creator of the universe. Is entrusting me to make sure He gets fed and His diapers changed and all this. He gives us big jobs to do. But He says, hey, peace. Peace, I'll be with you. I'll be with you the whole step of the way. I ain't going nowhere. Emmanuel. Emmanuel, he's right there with me. I'm going to go before you. i will make the crooked places straight. And just like them wise men who deliver the frankincense and the gold and the myrrh, when I'm obedient to him, he's going to provide for me. When I step out of my comfort say, zone and say, God, I'm going to follow what your good book says. I'm going to do what you're asking me to do even though it don't make no sense. He'll provide for me every step of the way. You know what that stuff was for The wise man was bringing? It all represents some pretty cool stuff, man, and we can get into that. But let's just say this. That stuff was delivered right there to meet the needs of Joseph and Mary and baby Jesus because God knew before they ever knew that they were going to have to flee into Egypt. And you know what? That costs a little bit of money. But you know what? God made a way. God provided before they ever never knew there was going to be that need. You ever got frustrated because you get blessed, you get blessed, and you got this, and you're like, woohoo, I'm finally gonna be able to put some money in the meet me at the bank. I'm gonna start my nest egg. I'm gonna start saving up for retirement. I'm gonna start saving up for new kitchen appliances. And then this need arises. The cars break down or something, and you get all mad, like, Jesus, this was my nest egg. This was my appliance money. I was gonna buy Rachel the appliance. He's like, no, that wasn't the appliance money. That wasn't the nest egg money. That was for that need that I knew was about to happen. I'm going to take care of you. Just lean on me. Don't lean on your own understanding. Trust in me. Amen. Is God good? Amen. Praise the Lord. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. We gotta live that sold out life. The servant of the Most High God. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master. Did y'all know that. Sometimes we don't. We know it, but we don't live like it. Sometimes we get mad because Jesus don't jump when we say jump. Hey, let's get something straight, man. Who's the servant? Who's the servant? And who's the master? He ain't no genie in the bottle. But He'll meet our needs. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. So in other words, hey, you know what? Sometimes life's going to be hard, man. Sometimes things are going to happen that you don't really dig on. But you know what? Look at how they treated me. Look at what I went through, okay? All right? Through this life, you're going to have some trials. And I'm going to let them come because I'm all about your growth. I'm all about your maturity because I need you. And sometimes we're a little rough around the edges because we don't want to be that sold-out servant. We think we do. We say we do. But when the Lord asks us to step out and do something that's uncomfortable to us, but that's what the Bible says, we don't want to do it. You know what I'm saying? So the Lord has to begin that correctional process just like any good father. Amen. So, let me ask you something. Do we want to be like the innkeeper this morning? We want to be like him who just gave the Lord his leftovers? No, we don't. No, we don't. Where we want the benefits, we want the benefits, right, of being a Christian, but we don't want to be that servant. Hey, this dude could have gave the Lord his own personal space. This lady's having a baby, man, right? But I I want the benefits. I want to be called by your name. I want to go to heaven. I want to get all the goodies. I want the pennies, man. But I don't want to be your servant. I don't want to do what you've called me to do. In other words, hey, I got I I got this barn out there. It's on the property line. And so I'm going to give it to you for half the price. That ain't no way to be, is it? I like them wise men. You know that journey was a um that was a lot longer and a lot harder than the journey that Joseph and Mary went on. This thing took a long time at their own peril. Very dangerous. These guys were wealthy folks, man. They had big, important positions. But you know what? They said, you know what? I'm going to put all this stuff aside. And I'm going to go worship. I want to go give glory to the newborn king. Amen? See, that's how we got to be, right? I just want what the Lord wants. We exist to give Him glory. no No matter if we have to step out of our comfort zone. Right? Okay. I'm leaving Homa. I'm leaving Persia. I'm going to worship the newborn king. I'm going to be what the Lord's called me to be. Amen. No matter what the cost. Are y'all with me? Thanks for listening to this message from Victory Life Church. Go to VictoryLifeChurchOfMilton.com for more. And may God bless you.